Hey there. Thank you so much for tuning in to A Lens Into Medicine, a platform and community where future medical professionals are encouraged to join to learn more about what the future holds for them. I'm your host, Parth. This podcast will be a place where we talk about what really happens in medicine, including the healthcare education leading up. We'll bring on current university students, residents, and healthcare professionals to learn more about their experiences along the journey. Surrounded by the internet in this day and age, people only seem to highlight their wins and successes. As a result, I wish to bring transparency and reveal the raw details that lie along the way. I can't wait to meet you and I'm excited for what the future holds for us. Hello everyone, welcome back to A Lens into Medicine and today we're going to be talking all about Caribbean med schools. Today our guest is Dr. Hantman, an endocrinology fellow. So thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today, Doctor. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, do you want to introduce yourself really quickly? You know, <clears throat> how is fellowship going? Um, how is 2022? Any plans for 2023? Sure. So my name is Ashley Hantman. Um, I am a Caribbean grad, very proudly so. I am currently doing my fellowship at Stony Brook in endocrinology. Uh, it's very, very busy. I think it's even busier than I expected fellowship to be, but you got a lot of uh, time off, which is nice compared to residency. Um, in 2022, of course, I uh, took my boards. That went well. I was able to graduate residency, start fellowship, moved out to Long Island from Queens, and I'm hoping 2023 is even better now that I got a bunch of those big hurdles out of the way. That's great. So I always ask um, everyone I get on the podcast this before we actually start with the content. So why did you choose this specific career path and what was your main inspiration? So I was one of those people that kind of came out of the womb wanting to be a doctor. There was no plan B. There was no if. It was just how I was going to get there. Um, and, you know, I wasn't always sure it was going to happen especially in college. I didn't have a lot of guidance. I never really had any friends who went to medical school. I actually only applied to two medical schools because I didn't really know how it went. I applied to one uh, in the States. I actually applied to Stony Brook, uh, funny enough, and I applied to St. George's. I applied to Stony Brook because I had known someone who had gone there, a family friend, and my neighbor went to vet school at St. George's. Mm -hmm. So I applied to St. George's and I got in, so I went. Um, I actually got into their foundations program, which is what drew me there. Uh, and I never left the country before. So I figured, why not go to medical school, leave the country, kind of kill two birds with one stone and kind of see what happens. It's kind of the person I am. I just, let's go. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that's kind of how I got there. In terms of endocrinology, uh, I always found the classes really, really interesting uh, in medical school. It's either, I feel like it's one of those subjects you either love it or you hate it. It's a lot of feedback mechanisms that can be very, very confusing. But I ended up really loved treating diabetes, thyroid disorders, those sorts of things in residency. And I'm not going to lie, it's a really nice lifestyle after fellowship. So, and I mean, I, I actually love the patient population as well. So I'm really, really happy I went this route. That's amazing. So um, was it difficult to kind of guide through your pre-med years without anyone around you that was like going on the same route as you? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I heard other people, you know, they, they were bio majors. I said, okay, I'll do a major in biology. Sounds great. I went to Florida State 
And I also really liked physics. So I also did biomedical physics. Um, I did both of those. And, you know, I partied a lot in college. I'm not going to lie. I had really good grades, but I was, I had a lot of fun. And when I went to my advisor, I didn't have a lot of research. That was my big thing. I didn't have research. I chose to enjoy myself and I did well in my classes. And my advisor told me not to apply to medical school. And I was like, all right, that's cool. So I left there very upset. And I decided I was going to apply anyway, having not someone to kind of support me on that. Didn't do so well on my MCAT because I didn't really know how to study for it, to be honest. I got a book, kind of studied a little bit, took the MCAT, didn't do that great. And that's why I was, you know, everything else on my resume was good in terms of my grades, my majors, those sorts of things, personal statements, and my letters of recommendation. Um, you know, I would go with my professors. So when I applied to St. George's, they offered me a spot in foundations. Uh, foundations is basically a semester where it's uh, kind of crash courses in bio, uh, not biology, sorry, anatomy, physiology, biochemistry, microbiome, psych, uh, those sorts of things. And you have to score a certain, you know, get a certain GPA that that semester in order to uh, advance the next term. But to be honest, that one semester set me up so well, just like it's called foundations, like you are really, really well set up for the next few terms in every possible way. I really feel like that set me up for a success. So let's get into the questions then. Um, in your experience, you know, um, what are some reasons that a student would want to study from a Caribbean med school? Yeah, that's a good question. And it's, it's really valid. So <clears throat> a lot of the misconceptions, I think I'll start with that with the Korean med schools is that, you know, it's a cop out. It's a place to go when people don't get into med school in the States or they're not as good, those sorts of things. So I find that really um, interesting people say that because especially Grenada, uh, when you go there, you're tested more than just academically, you're tested and living in a totally different environment, which I think is invaluable. I loved Grenada. I think it's absolutely beautiful. I got scuba certified when I was there. I traveled all over the island. You know, the, the beaches are beautiful. The food is incredible, but <clears throat> it's a different way of life. It's essentially a third world country that you're living in. So you have to learn how to adapt. You have to learn how to, if you want eggs, you got to get them on Tuesdays. Otherwise you don't get eggs. If you want milk, you might have settled for box milk because the good milk might not have come in time. Yeah. Like there's things like that that you don't even think about. And that on top, and, and it's very, very hot. And just everything in general, it's, it's, it's a lot different than you're living in the States. A lot of people couldn't handle it and didn't and decided they couldn't, couldn't stay. So you learn all these things. It's a multi multicultural school. I have one of my really good friends is from India, and I was able to go to India with her after medical school. I mean, I wouldn't have met her unless I went to the school. I have friends all over the country, friends all in different continents. It's incredible. So there's that too. It, it really it, it attracts people from all over the world, and that's all. That also goes to the professors. The professors are from all over the world. They're constantly renovating the school. It just looks absolutely beautiful, and it's it's really really wonderful. So would you say that they're practical some, uh, for someone in a financial aspect? Uh, is it more cheaper or is it more expensive? So that's hard for me to say. I do think that it is a little bit more expensive, um, specifically St. George's. And one of the reasons for that is that you're paying for your flights. So you have to keep that in mind. And there are other things that you have to pay for, um, you know, when you move back. So when, for St. George's, it's the first two years are in Grenada. And the second two years, you go and do your rotations. A lot of people go to New York, which is what I did, or New Jersey. Okay. So you have to take out, I mean, 
some people can pay for it. I had to be completely on loans. I did it on my own. And it is, it's, it's really expensive. Um, I ended up having over half a million dollars. Um, that's because I didn't have any, I didn't have any family member to give me money for food, for books, for rent. Like I was completely on loans. <clears throat> that being said, it's really similar to taking loans out to a school in the States, for example, because it's federal. So my loans are completely federal. So what I'm able to do now is do student loan forgiveness, public service loan forgiveness. Um, and that what that means is you work uh, 10 years for uh, an institution that serves an underserved population, essentially. And after 10 years of paying 10% of your income or whatever payment plan you decide, you get the rest of your loans forgiven. And you have to really stay on top of it. There's a lot of things that will make it so you don't qualify. Uh, one of the silver linings of COVID is that I've been making $0 on-time payments because it's been deferred. Uh, I graduated in 2014. No, I didn't. That's college. I graduated medical school in 2019. So, you know, that's already now four years. And by the time I'm um, done with fellowship, it'll be five years of making those payments, right? And then it's just five more years of 10% of my income. And after that, the rest of it's forgiven. So there are ways to make it, um, you know, affordable, but you have to really look and be very diligent about that. But if you want to be a doctor, you won't have a problem paying off the loans once you become a doctor. So did you, uh, like going into medical school, did you know you were going to take loans? And did you like, did you have to plan for that while, while studying? Like, did you have to budget differently or, you know, <clears throat> like, for example, did you have to sometimes not be able to fly to the U.S. or not be able to visit family because of that? Yeah, so I definitely knew I was going to take out loans. Um, you know, I I was raised with like a, a single mom sort of situation and whatever we wanted to do, it had to be on loans. I had like mostly uh, 700% scholarship uh, to undergrad and I paid the rest of my way and was working. And then I, I knew I was going to be able, knew, knew I was going to have to take out loans for uh, uh, medical school. Budgeting, I mean, it's like with everything you have to budget. Uh, of course, it's easier when you get, a paycheck every other week because you know you have money coming in as opposed to a lump sum in the beginning of a semester that you have to budget the rest of the time i don't think it ever affected my ability to fly home if i wanted to i just a lot of time i didn't fly home because i liked staying on the island but i mean i still came home once or twice a year like that wasn't an issue i came home for like normal breaks like that was fine i think most people did okay um so what would you say are it's a advantages and disadvantages, uh, and disadvantages when compared to a U.S. medical school. I know we touched on that earlier, but what would you say are kind of like its drawbacks in the educational sense? Yeah, so I'm not sure specifically about drawbacks. Well, I can tell you one thing. St. George's, uh, I believe, is the greatest supplier of doctors of any school uh, to the United States. And oh, wow. it's, it's just growing, growing, growing. They have very large graduating classes, and that's really great. They also have incredible boards, passing rates and all of those things and really high step exam scores. That being said, if you go to a school in the States, the classes are a lot smaller. I'm sure they're more tightly knit and you might get that more one on one teaching, mm -hmm. whereas say, it's like going to just, you know, any small school versus a big school. It's just like that sort of learning versus in Grenada. It's the big, it's, it's in a very, very big uh, lecture hall. So that's one drawback. But when people say you don't get the training there, um, you know, I would say to that first off, it's two years that you're the other two years you're in the States, you're training with everybody else, right? 
And while you're there, you know, they, they are well aware of that reputation and they, they teach you and train you for the boards. They want you to do well. They want you to excel. They want a good reputation. And everyone I know did very, 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 very well on their step exams. Everyone I know matched everyone I know passed their boards. So they, they know, you know, what you're in for and they are, they are training you to do well. So they're like their whole education system and the courses you take and all that, that is that very similar to something you would find in a US program? It's exactly the same. You take the same boards exams, you take all of that the same. Oh, okay. So that's so I think that clears like I just said a lot of misconceptions because like even I did going into this, like I thought that going into to a Caribbean med school was kind of like a step down than a US med school. And you know, thank you for bringing uh, that up. Um, but yeah, if you if you're an MD, you have to be an MD. You have to you, if you are getting your medical, your doctors of medicine, like you're going to have to take these same the same exams, specifically your step one, step two, step three, and your medical boards. And those are you know those are the same tests you know that they're taking across the board. They have to have the standardized tests, and that's what I'm talking about. And and that's what I think it's changed now. Um, I think step one might be pass fail. When I took it, it was a score, and it was it was. It really heavily influenced where you matched, but all of these different things that they're testing for, they all affect your match. And people coming up now from St. George's are going to enter St. George's. So many of us have done the residencies, have gone across the country and have made a name for ourselves that these programs are like, wow, these St. George's students, they really know what they're doing and they're more inclined to, to match them to their programs. Um, and I mean, coming out of medical school. I mean, we had people match at Brown for anesthesia. We mm. had people match all over for cert. I mean, you name it, any program people were matching. So there's certain uh, programs that are more difficult to match into. I would say like Optho and Durham, things that are really, really competitive for residency. But I also know people who took a year, did a prelim in medicine, did a ton of research, applied the next year and then matched into those programs. So whatever you want to do, where there's a will, there's a way, you can absolutely accomplish it at St. George's. Yeah, I agree. Um, I wanted to talk about something you just uh, said. You, you talked about how uh, someone took a year off for research. Um, is it more difficult to find research and extracurricular opportunities um, near or in your school? Um, I am honestly not entirely sure about that. Uh, extracurriculars, if you're talking about just like clubs and sports and those sorts of things, they 100% have those. I was involved in them. Uh, research, just to be perfectly honest, I was not that big into research. It wasn't my thing. I wasn't that interested in it. So I'm not entirely sure what was available. Okay. I know some people were into that stuff and there were those opportunities, but I personally did not, was not involved in it. Okay. Um, and so you talked about how like you had a lot of people matching to different things. So would you say that like it's harder to get residency into the U.S. after finishing a Caribbean program and it's it's getting easier? But like when you applied, do you think that there was it was kind of an uphill battle? A hundred percent. That's kind of what I think. And I think that because people uh, have that mentality, they try harder and they succeed. If you graduate from a school that's incredible, then you're like, okay, I'm going to match anywhere. And you just try and you throw out applications and whatever. And a lot of big name schools, you know, that, that breeds really good opportunities. If you come from a Caribbean school, you know, you might think to yourself, wow, you know, the school doesn't have the recognition and you might try much, much harder than everybody else and still get an Ivy League position. It happens mm -hmm. all the time. 
So when you were applying to different residency programs, um, did, do you think that there are certain programs uh, in the States that, that are well known for, you know, getting um, international applicants? And is that where you think a lot of people at your school apply? Yeah, so that that also that varies. So some programs support visas. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people that went to St. George's are like I said, they're from other countries. So that's, that's a fact that takes that definitely is taken into consideration. I'm not too well versed in like, you know, the terminology, but definitely, you know, having to support that in the, in the residency, you have like certain people, if they're not citizens, they need that. Um, I wasn't in that category. So um, I want to talk a little bit uh, about how how someone can decide which Caribbean med school to go to. So how many do you think well-known Caribbean med schools um, are there? Um, like, yeah, are there? So I know of a few. I know of AUA. I know of Ross. Um, and I don't. I mean, I'm going to be biased because I went to St. George's and I know that it's a, a great school and really well prepares you. But I can tell you this. I one of my husband's best friends went to Ross and he is now a gastroenterologist uh, specializing in procedures. Like so I'm interventional GI in Arizona, just bought in a beautiful house doing amazing. And then my other really good friend went to AUA and she's doing pulmonary critical care at Temple. So wherever you go, and there are people that have lives. She has three kids. He's very, very fun. You know, they're not people that all they do is study all day. They just work hard and they're smart and they do their research and they know what they have to do and what it takes to get somewhere. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. someone like me, like I, you know, I was in Florida. I went to Florida State. I went to St. George's and then I, and, and I did residency at Elmhurst. I was there when COVID hit. And then I, now I'm at Stony Brook doing endocrine fellowship. It's incredible. Like, you know what I mean? So wherever yeah. you want to go, you can make it there. You just have to put in the work. Yeah, that's a great message. And I think it's like looked over by a lot of people. Um, like there, because there's so many different parts of this, of this journey that a lot of people get bogged down on the details and like kind of the, the minor setbacks. But I think as you just said, like working hard and like having your goal and your head straight at all times kind of gets you where you want to be. So 100%. out of those, like out of the couple of schools there are, do you think that there's differences in like community and like, in like the people there? And if so, how should someone decide like which school to go to? Yeah. So all I can really speak from is my own personal experience. And I, like I said, I know people that went to each school that all did very, very well. I know specifically at St. George's, they have a very, their reputation is, is good and it's getting better and better. Um, if you know anything about St. George's, you know that they're producing so many doctors that are really, really, really fantastic. Their board pass rates are well into the 90s. Um, again, I'm going to be biased, but I think that, it, I think it's, I think it's great. I actually, I used to actually work at the St. George's, I used to work at the call center for St. George's and would answer questions about the school. And I, there was always a lot of like misconception about, you know, why should I go here instead of going to DO school? And listen, like DO school is fine too. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Like my co-fellow is DO and she's brilliant. But if you want to get an MD, there's nothing wrong with going to a Caribbean school and it should not be looked down upon. When you are a successful attending, people aren't going to ask, 
are you a Caribbean grad? They don't care. They want to know that you're a good doctor, that you know what you're talking about. And as time goes on, the reputation is just improving. That's, you know, uh, I think that, as you said, I like, and I keep reiterating, um, thank you so much for, um, you know, going over these misconceptions. The last thing I want to talk about before we um, end it off is you, you were talking about um, in the beginning, you said something about like how there's, you experience a lot of different things um, and a lot of different cultures um, while in the Caribbean med school. How are those experiences helping you right now? Uh, you know, meeting different types of patients every day. And how is like that new experience kind of reflecting on the way that you treat patients? I love that question. Um, I mean, I, as someone that's from Long Island originally, and then moved to South Florida and then went to school at FSU in Tallahassee, and then going to one-way plane ticket for medical school, first in the country, going to a third world country. I mean, it was a huge culture shock and I loved it. I never experienced you know, people speaking different languages, different eating different foods, just different ways of life. It was really, really cool. Everything from language, food, religion, everything. It was completely new to me. And I, I thought it was fantastic. It actually really drew me to my residency program at Elmhurst, which was also super multicultural, um, one of the most diverse zip codes in the world. And you learn more about human compassion. You're not, you're not just amongst people that are just like you. You're amongst people that are from all over the world and you kind of go outside of your bubble, outside of your comfort zone. And you develop as a person, you learn how to adapt, learn how to acclimate, you learn how to, uh, you know, work with what you have. And I think that's really, really important because COVID was a perfect example. Resources were scarce and you had to work extra hard. And I think that as someone from that went to school in Grenada, where you had to deal with things that were unexpected, power outages or whatever. And, you know, it was real. it's even, it's funny looking back. It was funny at the time because we're like, wow, this is, we would say TIG, this is Grenada. Like it would be absolutely ridiculous, but those are important life lessons and things that you're going to take with you into your medical career as you develop as a doctor. That's more than just reading a textbook and listening to lectures. They're invaluable things that I think are just so incredibly important. And I don't think that I would have gotten those, just those experiences if I went to school in the United States. It would have been kind of like a smaller version of my of my um, undergraduate school, which nothing wrong with going to school in the United States. That's it, great. But it's just an added bonus to going to school elsewhere in a different country and learning not only the medicine and the, you know, being exposed to all different people and also learning a different way of life. So you are tested. And if you can make it through there, you can make it through residency. I always um, ask everyone this at the end, um, because, you know, sometimes it's like my favorite question to ask, even though it's generic. Um, if you had one piece of advice that you could give to people who want to get to med school, who want to do what you're about to do one day, what would you tell them? I would tell them that First off, if you want to be a doctor, you have to realize, you have to know that it is the only thing that you want to do because it is hard work. It is really hard work. It is a long journey. It is a lot of studying. It is a lot of time. It is a lot of sacrifices. It's a lot of commitment. But if it's the only thing you want to do, it is the most worth it thing you will ever do in your life. There should be no doubt this is what you want to do with your life. You are becoming the top of your career, right? This is the doc being a doctor is the highest you can be. 
and that's people respect it and people uh, admire you for it. And I admire everyone in the medical field, but being a doctor, it's you committed to years and years and years of training, of sleepless nights, of studying and teamwork and just dealing people all day. It's, it's a really, really, it's a tough career, but it's extremely, extremely rewarding. And if anyone tells you you can't do it, you can. I was told by people every step of the way that it wasn't going to happen for me based on one test score or based on one thing that was missing from my application or that wasn't that competitive. It's all about you. If you persevere where there's a will, there's a way you're going to make it. You know, I just turned 30. Um, I'll be 31 when I finish fellowship. I went straight through through undergrad and you can have a life. You know, I met my husband while I was, you know, a medical school. He's an attorney, but you know, we met, you have time to date and go out and do things. Your life doesn't end, but you are making a lot of sacrifices and you have to have friends and family who are really supportive with you, supportive of you on that journey, but it'll happen. And when you get there, you're going to look back and be like, wow, that was really worth it. Thank you so much, um, Dr. Hanman, for um, you know sharing your experiences. And uh, if you've made it this far, thank you so much for listening. I would really appreciate it if anyone could you know leave a review or rating. Follow the both of us on Instagram. Um, I am at London Medicine, and her handle is at Ashley underscore Hentman. Um, my website alunsinmedicine.com has both our blogs and our podcasts. In case you want to, you know, check out more of our content. Um, Dr. Hentman, do you have anything else you want to say to the listeners? Um, if you have any questions or you wanted to reach out to me, you can feel free to message me on Instagram. I'm happy to answer any questions that you have or try to give you any pieces of advice. Um, there are a lot of times where I wish that I had someone to ask questions to. I didn't really have anyone, so I would love to be that person for someone. Otherwise, Park, thank you so much for having me on here. Thank you so much to the listeners. And again, thank you so much, doctor. I'll see you all next time.